0: Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL Podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Oh, he fumbles the ball, and luck is there to pick it up And go over the goal the line. Roger Scramble. All things NFL, now here's your hosts, Woot and Why.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why show. I am Josh Y. it is Friday the 23rd of September and joined on the hotline bling by my boy Josh Woot, how are you going? Hey partner. How's it going?
0: Uh, It's going well. Going Going well?
1: Well. Just slaving away, slaving away.
0: Blaving away, making the
1: dollars. But, remember yeah. remember two days ago how I talked you into tipping the Patriots?
0: Oh, calm, calm your farm. God, you give yourself some credit, don't you? Yeah, it was
1: great. It was a great win. Yeah. Also, a couple of days ago, if you listen to our uh, Week 2 Takeaways and Thursday Night Football Preview podcast, uh, we talked about your exchange... With Applebee's, the you know, casual dining conglomerate in the United States, and uh, they've uh, they've chimed in. I tagged them in a tweet when uploading the episode on Thursday morning, and Applebee's wrote back, checking it out now. And then they answered some of our questions on the show. So uh, they answered our first question about how they reply with initials. Apparently, A R. Yeah. Apparently, A R N is. So he, this is what they said. So to answer one of your questions, we are the Applebee's Reply Squad, which is A. Uh, and then the initial is N. So Applebee's is the A, the replies are, R, and then the N is the initial of whoever is manning the tweets.
0: Nice. So, so I had ARL. So I'm going to go... Now, we have, to now we have Lisa.
1: ARN. So we have like a complete separate person joining in the conversation, listening to a random football podcast in Australia and replying to our tweets. <laughs> why people are asking Brilliant. questions about hair and their food and why this restaurant isn't booked out and this one is. They're answering questions from us. And then uh, I wrote back, saying, we just want to know, like, you know, when are you going to branch out to, you know, to Australia, come to Australia, and they said, you better yeah, believe that.
0: when are Wooten why going to become the face of the Applebee's franchise yeah. in Australia?
1: I didn't quite phrase it that way, but they did reply that you better believe that we are putting in the good word. So I don't know if that is about bringing Applebee's out here or putting us as the face of Applebee's. I can just imagine our, like, Photoshop faces on some, you know, shiny red apples. <laughs> why not? That's the dream. That that is the dream. That is podcast, like, peak podcast dream. Um, If we can get to that, uh, you know, that category in this podcasting life, then uh, we'll take it. We'll uh, absolutely take it.
0: I'd love it on my tombstone.
1: (laughs) Face of Applebee's Australia. That's it. Oh, boy, that would be great. Uh, We also mentioned on Wednesday's show about Halloween's coming up, and we just want to get your ideas on what we can do for Halloween. I know you've got a few, but let's just outsource, you know, good, good podcasts outsource their talent. Uh, that's why we have a lot of guests on. <laughs> Alright, let's start with Adrian Peterson, who we did mention during the week, but all confirmed now. That he had surgery to repair his torn meniscus on Thursday morning, so that means he's out for a multi-month recovery. Four to six months, it's being reported. So, And there's also other reports about a torn LCL as well, and that would have been pre- uh, Prepared in the surgery as well. No additional injuries or issues noted surrounding the knee joint during the procedure. Obviously, Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata will split the backfield, and they also signed Ronnie Hillman. But the question I want to ask you Woot, is: Is this the end of AP in Minnesota? Long-term thinking ahead.
0: If he's out for the rest of the season, then uh, sadly I would say yes. They're going to save a lot of money. They're going to save a lot of money, um, you know, departing from AP. And you know, I think it's a it's Minnesota have to move on it's it's time to move on and I mean this year will be a good way to see how they cope without him again with um Sam Bradford at the helm
1: yeah and it's it is funny because they're 2-0 and o currently without really relying on him that much like he he didn't play well in week one he didn't play well in week two and in what in what he did play before he left with that with that knee injury so it's for me yeah I think it's time to move on from that salary which you mentioned as well Jeez. I think Plenty of running backs coming up in this draft and it's a deep running back class and I think they, they are ready to move on from Adrian Peterson yeah. and build around you know, Teddy Bridgewater in this defense.
0: Plus, like you said, they just signed Ronnie Hillman, so your future's already pretty much locked up. Wow.
1: Good one. Uh, let's move on to some more Vikings news. Uh, defensive tackle Sharif Floyd underwent a cleanup operation on his left knee, also known as a arthroscope. And uh, he's without a date. He's without a date. Poor bloke's lonely. No, he's without a date for a return. So he's week to week at this point. But, yeah, it's another loss to it, you know, it's funny with with injuries this year, when it seems to rain at pours. A lot of teams you lose a player and then you lose a couple more. We saw it with the Bears, we've seen it with the Chargers, and now it's the Vikings who also lost Matt Khalil, their left tackle as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's devastating for a team that was kind of banking on this season being their, you know, their go for it, all in for this season and Bridgewater goes down and you've got, you know, Sheriff Floyd and Khalil, they're just dropping like flies and the fact they went out and, you know, traded their first round pick to go get Sam Bradford on for this all in season and now they're just getting injuries everywhere. It could it could end horrendously. I still think they'll be fine at the moment, but yeah, it's not a it's not the ideal situation going all out for this year.
1: And you can't really replace that talent if you've given up, you know, a lot of picks. You know, going forward in in the first round. In, but in saying that, they haven't really hit on their first round. They've been drafting a lot better in the later rounds, which is quite funny. A lot of teams have been doing that. Seattle is another example. Some more injury news. Corey Coleman's expected to miss four to six weeks with a broken hand. Uh, he would not require surgery. So he's out four to six weeks. They've just lost their two starting quarterbacks. The guy they passed on, Carson Wentz, currently is 2-0. and And then they also lost Carl Nasset to a broken hand as well. And... It's just, it's not a good fortnight for the Browns. No,
0: nah, it's, uh, it's going to be a scary week this week, I think, for that Browns team. I mean, if Kessler, if Kessler comes out and just flat out kills it, it'll be great. Not happening. It'll be, it, it'll be terrific for the franchise, but it, it, it's got the potential to be really, really, really ugly.
1: Very, very ugly. ugly. Uh, a lighter news item before we move on to our Thursday night football recap. Kanye West v. Jim Bob Cooter in the 2010 election. Who says no? Trump! Trump, yeah, Trump will say that. No. But where is that coming until from?
0: Trump, until Trump dies, <laughs> he will not back down. I don't think Trump he can will. be killed. <laughs> no.
1: By the way, did you see the Between Two Ferns with Hillary today? No, I haven't. I haven't oh, very, that. very, very funny. Zach, um, I can't even pronounce his surname properly, Galifianakis, is that it? Yeah. yeah he um, just times, his comedic timing was sensational, and some of the subtle jokes and then not-so-subtle jokes... Very, very hilarious. But where am I Where am I plucking Jim Bob Cooter for president from? Well, Golden Tate tweeted out a photo of Jim Bob Cooter for president written on the back of like a Detroit four-wheel drive. And now it's like started to escalate. And then Terrell Austin ended his meeting with reporters this morning saying Jim Bob for president. And then when the Lions coach Jim Caldwell was asked about it, he said, I think he'd be a good candidate. I know he'd get some votes in the southern states, that's for sure. With a name like
0: Jim Bob. Exactly, all of, the, all of the South would go. Sounds like my kind of president. That's my Southern accent.
1: <laughs> Jim Bob, I love you, Jim Bob. Any Jim Bob, Jim any story, Bob that, <laughs> any story that involves Jim Caldwell cracking a joke deserves to, uh, you know, get some love. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our Thursday night football recap new england win 27 to nil the plus one yesterday was a goddamn gift from the gambling gods it was phenomenal and it flipped this morning when gronk was ruled to be returning but a few takeaways from from that game i just want to start with bill belichick's legacy really he is the goat he is the greatest coach of all time we already knew that but this is just putting exclamation marks and just putting him you know above and beyond anyone else the nearest contender uh quarterbacks making their first start with Bill Belichick and now six and0 all- time mm-hmm. just it's just phenomenal and his last his last three games where Bill Belichick wasn't favored at home was today obviously 27 0 the last one in two, 2014 he won 4321 and then the last one as well in 2014 he won 43-17. the guy just the guy just shows up to play every single week no matter the circumstances.
0: Yeah, I mean, you say he turns up. It's not like he's on the field, but I get what you mean. It's like he's mean, the but...
1: biggest difference maker for any single game because he controls every single asset of the game. Like, special teams was great today. Defense was great today. Like, even the – like, Jacoby Brissett was fine, but he wasn't, like, amazing. It, it just – everything else, he just has the team – I don't know. I just just has it rolling on all cylinders like a finely tuned car, like an F1, like the – you know what, Hamilton drives in the F1 is like a clear advantage over every other car. That's what Bill Belichick is in the NFL.
0: I love how you're dropping car knowledge, which is... Which is wrong. weird
1: for me. Like, I am the least car guy in the world. I don't... The, I know what, the car has five wheels, four wheels and steering wheel? That's all I know about a car.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I essentially know too. But yeah, Um was going to say, I, I was quite surprised that the Texans gave up so much on the ground. I really was. I thought they were going to try to um, have Jacoby throw it far more than he did. I thought they were going to try to stack the box a bit more. But you know, credit to Blount. But still, I thought they were. I thought they were going to hold up against the run a bit better than they did. Yeah,
1: it was a really interesting game plan from from Bill O'Brien. He was like a deer in headlights. I feel like a lot of coaches go up there to face Belichick and they get they just get overwhelmed by the occasion and and, and get scared <laughs> of facing Bad Belichick. Oh, yeah obviously but I feel like some even good coaches make some bad decisions because of the pressure of of, of playing Belichick in Foxborough I, I don't know he just made some really really terrible de- decisions especially on offense as well and offensive coordinator George Goodsey were severely outcoached and they just had a hyper conservative game plan try to establish a run way 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 too much and it, they weren't getting anywhere at all and I agree with you defensively you, you got to force Jacoby Brissett to stay in the pocket and try and throw it because that's a clear weakness. He he's a more of a guy that you can rely on his legs and that's what he, what that's what he did. He scrambled well and made yards and and scored the first touchdown as well and handed the game ball to his uh to his coach Bill Belichick.
0: I wonder so New England go up against Buffalo next week, yes? Yep. So I'm going to be really interested to see because I mean, I know I know Rex Ryan will be crossing and praying to uh, crossing his fingers and praying to the gods that Gronk, you know, has another quiet game or <laughs> Or sits out, or something of a setback, or anything, so he doesn't have to like figure that out again because he's never been successful trying to do that. Nope. But if he can somehow, like, I, that's the kind of um, defensive coach that would try to just, you know, completely maximize the pressure on Jacoby. Um, yeah, Jacoby. So I think that would be that's an interesting storyline going into next week. But then the fact that Gronk comes back is, you know, changes the dimensions all over again. So like not one game this season has been the same. So it's it's been com- it's for the Patriots, it's been yep. completely different every single week. So when like the defence was struggling early on, not not um, in today's game, but you know, in the in the first two weeks and they, they weren't exactly lighting the lighting the house on fire. So I mean and then so the offence would pick up the slack and then when the offence struggled like today, the defence picks up the slack. So it's just it's a good team. It's
1: it, a good team. It's an amazing team and you mentioned Gronk, obviously, he was limited. They didn't use him, you know, all the way. But he, the, the, the ability with Gronk is you can just, by having him out there, you've got to change your defensive scheme no matter what. Like, even if you do, you don't know whether he's going to be a target at all or what Bill Belichick's playing with him, but him just being out on the field makes a huge difference for Jacoby Brissett, makes it so much easier for him. And then on defense, you mentioned they... they picked it up today, and Jamie Collins, he, he's a legit Defensive Player of the Year candidate, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's early, but
1: we'll see. Well, you know, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, and oh, Donald's been fine, but J.J. Watt being very quiet, and you mentioned uh, Houston's defense not being able to stop the run. J.J. Watt um, you know, Bill Belichick has an insane ability to eliminate your your best players. He does it when the, when they play the Colts. He completely wipes out Ty Hilton. Did it with Reggie Wayne. All sorts of stuff. But he he completely wipes out JJ Watt. Just new, like pretty much makes him you know a neutral, like a non factor in games. JJ Watt's played Bill Belichick five times and in the and and lost every single time. And he's only recorded half a sack in those five games. That's amazing.
0: It is amazing, but at the same time, it's not. He's uh... He's a player that is, you know, it's much easier to game plan for a defensive end than it is a wide receiver or something. So I think yep. you can easily put two three players on that one one guy. And I don't think Jadavian Clowney is anywhere near the quality of JJ Watts. So, you, you know, it's not... I mean, I think even though Belichick is great, I think we're giving him too much credit of taking Watt out of the game. I think a lot of defensive coordinators would know to put two or three guys on J.J. Watt.
1: But it didn't, like, by doing that, Though normally you're opening yourself up in other areas, but they didn't let it obviously affect them too much, whereas other teams it could really, really hurt them. But I guess, you know, New England's offensive line played really, really well today. i got one. I got one last question on Belichick. Um, this is from Raiders CEO Amy Trask, former CEO, sorry. Uh, she tweeted, um, "I engender, she said, I engender lots of chit-chat everywhere whenever I note this, but if I was forced to choose with choose between Brady without Belichick or Belichick without Brady, she would take Bill Belichick every time. I'm wondering what you would take. Um, so, I don't know. It's a great question.
0: It is, but then saying that, I think if I had Tom Brady and I went out and got Bruce Arians, I'd be fine.
1: That's fine. I, I, I just think if that were my only two options, I would take... Belichick because what if you just get Cam Newton with Belichick <laughs> I'll go that down that route I'm not Mona Lisa Vito of
0: the football world
1: I just uh I just think that I just think that this show you know he's 11 and he went 11 and 5 with Matt Castle now he's about to go 4-0 and with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett without Brady I just I think it just shows how much Bill Belichick weighs into into his teams and I think it just shows that I think he's a little bit more valuable to this Patriots franchise and organisation long-term than, uh, than Brady.
0: Of course, because you don't have to retire when you're, you know...
1: 75. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he uh, finds the elixir of life, the AFC is doomed. Uh, last question for you is obviously Brock Osweiler. What did you think of his performance?
0: That's the Osweiler we know. He was terrible. It's the, one, it's the Osweiler that we, uh, We're we knew was always there. But um, saying that, he wasn't exactly put in the best position to succeed with the game plan. So, I mean, true. he was going, he was going up against a team that was well-organized and he, was, uh, he wasn't organized, not through just his own fault, but through the team's fault. It just wasn't a good performance by the Texans. And, uh, yeah, I think move on next week. Move on. Move forget on. about it. Move on. And
1: when the Colts win this week, we're only a game behind in the AFC South and they all called it a dead race and it was all over. Hmm. Anyway, all right, let's um, let's get straight into our uh, Week 3 preview.
0: This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting.
1: All right, obviously, we're one from one on the week with New England getting up. Let's move on to the rest of the slate, obviously. We've got Arizona traveling to Buffalo. Arizona minus four, Buffalo plus four. Sammy Watkins in severe doubt at this point. Hasn't trained all week. Cordy Glenn is questionable as well. And even Ronald Darby is questionable as well. So lots of injuries for Buffalo. Arizona, obviously, there's some concerns over uh, Tyrone Matthew and Evan Mathis, but I think both will play.
0: Yeah, um, I like Arizona. I mean, not just because of what you said, but that does add to it. I mean, their their biggest weapon last week was uh, Marquise Goodwin, and he burnt Revis, but there's no chance of that happening against the likes of Patrick Peterson. No way the Arizona secondary so i think they've got him covered and then yeah i'm struggling to see where they can where they're going to um you know kind of i'm trying to think of the word
1: take advantage can, or win
0: <laughs> yeah exactly where they can take advantage of the Arizona team both offensively and defensively so it's just I don't know. Just nothing looks positive for me. Plus, the Buffalo's offense has been horrible. So exactly, they're going up. Tampa Bay's like a, a prolific offense after week one, and everyone was thinking about how well they played, and then they go up against Arizona and get was it kept to seven? Was that what they scored? Yeah, it was about
1: forty-one seven.
0: Yeah, ridiculous. And then you've got a Buffalo offense that has just been struggling to do absolutely anything, and then they go and lose their best weapon in Sammy Watkins.
1: Yeah. No. We- He's questionable. He he may he may not play, but he he may play. But oh, it, even,
0: it, even it, if he does play, he was questionable last week and went out there and, and he was clearly it struggling.
1: Down.
0: He was not even just struggled; like he was a complete non-factor. I didn't, you know, I'd never felt that he was a threat at all. So I mean, this this looks actually ridiculously good value, doesn't it?
1: It does, but there's a little bit in me that like you worry about a Rex Ryan team backed into a corner like this, a complete ambush. Remember, you've also got the new offensive coordinator factor and they they got rid of Greg Roman and they've got Anthony Lynn. So I expect them to run the ball a lot more given that Watkins is questionable and and clearly injury affected and they're not going to be able to beat them through the air with even if Watkins out, you just lock Patrick Peterson on Robert Woods. That'll be an easy day out for Peterson and they can just, you know, try and run it up, but I just can't see them doing it against Candice and Chandler Jones and Dion Buchanan. I just can't see it. But yeah, I think it is tremendous value Arizona minus four. I think, That line is going to probably move over the weekend, especially speculation of Semi Watkins uh, starts to, um, you know, look more and more towards being ruled out. So I think it's clear to say that we're both on Arizona minus four. That's it. All right, moving on. We've got Oakland Raiders traveling to the Tennessee Titans plus two. Oakland at a dollar ninety one minus two a dollar ninety one. Tennessee favorites after a. An ugly, ugly affair with Detroit, who blew an absolute game after having first and goal at the one, first and goal at the five, first and goal at the blah, blah, blah. They're just penalties and touchdowns um, being negated, and it just all fell apart for them. And, and they get that interception at the end. It was an ugly, ugly game. Marcus Marietta didn't really look his best. I, I wasn't impressed at all watching back over this tape. And I can't believe Oakland, despite their defensive woes, being two point outsiders here. I, I like the value of Oakland plus two. I think their defence can't get any worse. They've been the worst defence in terms of yardage historically for, through the first two weeks in in an uh, in X amount of years. It's, it's a tremendous record. I can't quite remember it off my head. I think that's surely going to improve and I think uh, I, I trust Derek Carr a little bit more at this point with the uh, talent and the coaching staff around him.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know why I've written Tennessee down. I just have no idea. I wasn't going to say Tennessee at all anyway. Um, yeah, no, I'm all aboard Oakland. I think they're just I I can't believe they're underdogs in this. Strange. I really can't. It is really strange.
1: It is. I thought it would at it least is. be a pick'em.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, oh well, who knows? But um yeah, I I think it's just it's just been a weird first two games. I d I can't really explain it. It's kind of just a gut feeling, but I think um I think going up against the the Saints and the Falcons that the Raiders have gone up against so far the Titans offense is so much more one-dimensional than it is than those two offenses yeah exactly so they
1: faced two prolific offenses
0: yeah so I think I think they'll be I think they'll be okay and they'll be able to manage against this this is definitely the game to get your defense onto a roll though to get them back to where you know they were kind of tipped to be so I think this is the game that they're going to go all out and Again, very good
1: value. And very I can't, I, I can't really see too many players on the on the Tennessee in the Tennessee secondary stopping, you know, Crabtree and Amari Cooper and and players of of that quality uh, in Tennessee secondary. Even though Tennessee's defense has um, played quite well, they're they're a little bit more stingy than I expected, especially on the ground. Latavius Murray might struggle a little bit, but through the air, I think they can be had. And uh, yeah, I think you know Matt Stafford didn't really you know, flash on the st- stat sheet last week. But I think he had a good game against his Tennessee secondary. Just They just couldn't finish those drives off, which is typical Detroit fashion. But I think uh, what, what they're calling him now Jack Black, Black Jack Rio. Um, I think he'll get the job done for Oakland. Uh, did I get that right? Black Jack Rio? Yep. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with so that. Yep. All right, let's yeah. move on to a heavily one-sided affair. Cleveland on the road, plus nine and a half. Cody Kessler, the, uh, the man, the rookie, uh, on the road to Miami, South Beach, minus 9.5 for Miami at $1.91. It's a huge line, but it's expected when you've got Cody Kessler throwing to Andrew Hawkins and Terrell Pryor because Josh Gordon's still suspended, and Corey Coleman is out four to six weeks of that broken hand, like we mentioned earlier in the show. So it's Gary Barnage and, and Terrell Pryor and Andrew Hawkins on offense for Cody Kessler. And on defense, this is this is the time for Miami to really get their offense into a rhythm early in the game and actually putting points on the board when it counts and not in, in garbage time against this Cleveland defense, which, you know, gave up a lot of points late to, to Baltimore and, and obviously uh, Carson Wentz started his uh, NFL campaign on fire against this secondary.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have to really say too much. It's there's, there's holes everywhere for Cleveland, offense, defense, they're struggling everywhere. They're onto their fifth straight game with a new starting quarterback dating back to last year, which is just insane. And, uh, yeah, that's only ever happened once before. So yeah. I, imagine that jersey now with all the names on the back. That'd be...
1: <laughs> an extra five by like week five.
0: It'd look like a wedding gown. <laughs> that's a good one.
1: you add Charlie Whitehurst on it next week and then, you uh, <laughs> know, Michael Vick maybe the week after. We'll see how that goes. Cam- Cam- isn't, the Brown-
0: isn't, the, isn't the Browns logo a dog?
1: Yes. Oh. Wouldn't go down with... Oh, boy. <laughs> see where you went with that. That's terrible. Um, by the way, as well, Cameron Irving got uh, was rushed to hospital during the week with some sort of lung issue too. So if he's not playing, their offensive line, especially in the interior, is very, very uh, weak. So I think Nedomik and Sue could have an absolute blinder. I think I don't like taking Miami, giving many, many points, but I think just the circumstances and being at home and down 0-2, oh, I think they'll get up.
0: They started off at minus eight. Now they're at minus nine and a half. Wow!
1: Wish... So,
0: every everyone's jumping on that. But also, even though Cameron Irving's graded out pretty well, he played bad last week.
1: Yeah, he he um he has not. He's he's terribly inconsistent. For every good play he flushes on tape, there's one where he just gets so easily beat.
0: And stupid penalties and just things that just uh just
1: brown stuff. Him.
0: Yeah. by the way anyway, what, by the way what would
1: the, what will the line be when uh, New England faced Cleveland in week five with Brady and Gronk back and and all that sort of stuff like 26 and a half
0: will McCow be back at quarterback
1: probably not
0: then I'd say minus 16 and a half
1: 16. well wow. all right yeah. I went I went 26 and a half' we'll see who's closer 26 and a half yeah why not just go all out <laughs> all right uh Baltimore right. remember this remember
0: this all right yep. You've gone 26. If
1: McCown plays, obviously that'll change. But um, yeah. If, oh, if Kessler's at, if Kessler's at quarterback, oh boy, that could get ugly. All right, uh, Baltimore minus one on the road. You can get them at a dollar eighty seven minus one. Jacksonville plus one at a dollar ninety five. When you look at the records, of Baltimore two and zero, Jacksonville zero two. Obviously, Jacksonville put up an absolute stink bomb last week. Uh, losing, just getting trashed by the San Diego Chargers. But Baltimore, 2-0, I think they've had the easiest schedule of any 2-0 and team, really. They've they've played Cleveland and Buffalo, two of the worst teams in the NFL, and, and the win against Buffalo was disgraceful. It was an ugly, ugly game. Uh, people are saying, oh, Baltimore's defense played really well, and I thought, oh, I'll wait till you face a real offense, and they faced a real offense in the first sort of quarter and a half against Cleveland and leaked 25 points, or uh, 22 points, sorry, And, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I think Jacksonville – I like Jacksonville plus one here. I just think this is a must-win game for their coaching staff. If they head to London 0-3 and, you know, they play a desperate Colts team in London, it could be the end for for Gus Bradley. So I think this is is a hugely important game for the Jacksonville franchise and this sort of coaching and and management era in Jacksonville because they've built all this team. They've got this – you know, all these prospects and players and talent assembled, they need to put it together on the field. Especially Blake Bortles, who his statistics in the first quarter as a quarterback are really concerning. He only seems to score points in garbage time.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he's I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Just in general. I don't know, he just makes rash decisions and then he hangs his head straight away. He's not the kind of, like, he'll go back out there but at the same time, he he doesn't fill you with confidence that, you know, he's going to go out there and try something different. He just continue to do the same thing over and over again it just it who, puts who, his team into a hole and then by that time he's just airing it out and hoping for the best
1: yeah who, who does he compare to like who does he remind you of like that type of quarterback i, I was trying to think about this today when i was sort of watching some of the stuff with him and i just like i was trying to think who who he is like as a like a player that's sort of lurking around now
0: Um, uh, he has those similar games where um, when the lines are down by 20-odd and Matt Stafford's just hoisting it. Mm. And that's just kind of like
1: yeah. that. Well, I couldn't quite put my thumb on who Bortles sort of compared compared or reminded me of. I just, I still can't.
0: Yeah, kind of a Flacco. <laughs> nah, they're going
1: against <laughs> this. By the way, when we do mention Flacco in these things, we're only taking digs at our, uh, our mate Matthew Bungard.
0: That is correct. Yeah, yeah. we um, love Matthew. Yeah. We know how passionate he is about yeah, Baltimore.
1: We just, but yeah. saying that, I'm going Baltimore. Wow. Reasoning, reasoning. Better I, team, you know, the
0: gut feeling? No, I think they just. I think they. It's a good way to start for a team like this. For a team that's got so many question marks that we said at the start of the season that we didn't. Um, we didn't know what was going to happen. If they're going to play good or if they're going to play bad. Baltimore are just that team that always does grind out wins. They just always manage to win ugly, and that's, you know, mm, I know it,
1: that's something Jacksonville haven't learned to do
0: exactly. And that's kind of Flacco and John Harbaugh's game that's just they get you into their style and they win like that and I mean we mentioned at the start of year in regards to fantasy that we didn't want any players from the teams because we just didn't know and there were so many question marks but I think this schedule is really good for them and I think it's slowly but surely getting more difficult and like this is probably going to be their most difficult game and then I think now that Pitta hasn't gone down after one week and that he's there I think that that rapport with Flacco again you know he's Best buddy, that safety net's going to be there, and that's such a focal point for this offense. It's ridiculous how it still is such an important thing. But Dennis Pitter is just—he's
1: balling. He is. I, he's just a. He, he, he's a. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's, he's a definitely a, a comeback player of the year candidate. I, for me as well. I, I was factoring travel with Jacksonville. They just had to. They, they were they were pretty good in week one at home against Green Bay, and then they had to travel all the way across for an early game against San Diego. And I just find that teams that have to do that, I think, I don't know, it seems to mess with their body clocks a little bit. I just think maybe they got off to a slow start and just sort of snowballed from there. So I think giving points, and they're a better price, I'll take them.
0: Also, uh, Jacksonville's tackle, Beecham, is dealing with a concussion, so he may or may not play. And then the Ravens are getting Doomerville back, so that's
1: all good. That is huge. Yeah, Beecham, that was quite scary. I'm glad that, like, that's the only sort of... Concern with him because he got stretched off, and it was quite, it was really scary actually. That was, uh, he was like the game stopped for like seven and a half minutes. It was, it was legit. Um, all right, let's move on. Detroit plus seven, dollar 91 on the road. Green Bay at Lambeau minus seven. All the question marks about Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense, seven point favorites. I'm taking them. I think they're going to come out and they're going to be much better offensively. A lot of, um, talk about. Mike McCarthy and their personnel. They they run like 70% of their players. They had the exact same players in the exact same spot, exact same personnel packages. And I think that's something they're going to change because when you're too predictable and too vanilla, defences know what to do. And they relied too much on their receivers getting open and not scheming correctly. And I think they'll fix that up. And it helps that Detroit are missing uh, a lot of injuries on on defense with uh, uh, DeAndre Levy and... Is answer probably not playing. Both of them probably are out. That's that's huge.
0: I'm uh I'm a little bit torn in this game. Hey, it's a bit difficult because a part of me feels that you know Green Bay might this might be the game that Green Bay just struggles that one game too too many. That's their last game that they struggle for. Then you know there to be a dramatic change like McCarthy getting fired or something like that. But this 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 game is the the hail mary game for last season. Oh, man. So, Memories. So Detroit might come out fired up. There's going to be that storyline It's going to be over and over and over again. It's just going to be, you know, it's going to be redone and re-shown all week leading up to this game. But, yeah, Green Bay at home, they're just a different, different beast altogether, I think. Yeah. Ho- ho- hopefully, I, we mentioned it, well, I mentioned it previously this week about how Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers, even though they're still, you know, they're, they're working okay together. There's just something a little bit off. Hopefully they can get that sorted mm. and uh, get that step
1: back. It is their first game back home in Lambeau. They've had two road games, so that's kind of under the radar type of thing as well. They haven't had to play at home yet. And uh, look, maybe an Aaron Rodgers-Hail Mary play again to, just to cover the line for us would be nice. Uh, all right, Denver, this is a cracker of a game. Denver on the road, uh, plus three at 2 dollars five. traveling to Cincinnati, minus three to $1.80. This line was... um surprising Denver 2-0 Cincinnati coming off a loss but a really tough offense and defense for Denver to face um after facing obviously Carolina in week one but uh they got a bit of a gift there with the Colts defense and and lack attempt at offense for most of that game uh in week two so this is a much tougher matchup for them on the road obviously away from mile high completely different Denver team
0: yeah I'm all ab- I'm all aboard Cincy, for this game I just I think this is a completely different thing. It's uh den Trevor Simeon going in up against this defense who have had to play who have they had to play so far? Pittsburgh and give me the other offense. The
1: Jets. The Jets.
0: Two offenses that have been playing, you know, pretty good. Pretty good football. Pretty good football offensively. So then uh going up against this offense, which is way more one dimensional. It's just it's you know, it's, it's short passes. I know Trevor Trevor Simeon can throw it down a little bit, but it's not going to be enough trouble in Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati.
1: And this secondary shut down... Well fit, like, Did a pretty good job shutting down Antonio Brown last week, and they've historically done a good job at doing that.
0: Yep. So tell me where Denver will win.
1: I, I've got them plus three because I think on the ground and defensively, I think they can keep it a close game. I just think Denver, the their style of play means that games are going to be close. I don't think they'll win, but I think they can keep it close. And I can get plus three at over $2. Even money, I think I'll, I'll take a little punt on Denver at plus three, but I think Cincinnati will come away with a win. Uh, I, I'm a little bit worried about their offensive line, Cincinnati's, who got, who was supposed to be a really good offensive line, but every game I've watched them, Andy Dalton seems to be taking hits and, and a lot of pressure, and he's actually handled it quite well, even though they came up short, you know, last week, but he's handled the pressure well, and I, I've been impressed with Andy Dalton, but this Denver front seven is on a whole different level to the, to the teams that they faced, and that includes the Jets, who's, You know, front four is is amazing. Obviously, they didn't face Sheldon Richardson in Week 1, but Von Miller is your Defensive Player of the Year favorite right now and front runner, and he's on pace to break the sack record. I just think he can keep this game very interesting. He's won them games single-handedly, back-to-back weeks. So I I like Denver plus three, but I think Cincinnati will, you know, come away with a a one- or two-point win, maybe a field goal to win it.
0: Yeah, losing Demarcus Ware I think takes a bit of the bite out of this di- Denver defense, so I think that may hurt them True. a little bit. But um, yeah, this this reeks to me of a game where Dalton's going to come out and everyone's going to be like, "Is Dalton elite? Is he? Has he taken that next step?" That's just, I don't know. I got this the weird red, feeling that
1: the Red that's Rifle. The
0: thing. Yeah, mate, he's a rocket. He's
1: the,
0: He'll be a rocket if he wins this game. There we go. Uh, all
1: right, Minnesota plus seven on the road. Traveling to Carolina minus seven. The game is on despite what's happening in Carolina, and hopefully that you know Carolina obviously will probably be doing something special to help you know raise awareness for the issues in the game. They are seven point favorites at a dollar ninety five. Minnesota plus seven at a dollar eighty seven. Thoughts on this game? The lines quite big.
0: Yeah, a lot of credits being given to Carolina. Yeah, who I know they 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 you know it was they gave us a little bit of a. A, fright? You know, a bit of a sack there against um, San Francisco. But, yeah, I don't know. They just kind of ran up the score in the end so the box score looks a bit better than it, the game actually probably was. And Minnesota just, they just beat Green Bay. So, uh, man, with, like, and I'm sure Minnesota's game plan was to, uh, you know, run the ball heavily with AP and they pretty much did it without him. So I can't see why they're going to you know, struggle as much as they're making out against this Carolina team that just, you know, had, a, you know, a decent amount of points scored against them by Sam Frank, so.
1: Yep, and yeah. Carolina are kind of one-dimensional at the moment because they cannot run the ball. Jonathan Stewart's out now, and even though they kind of did get a lot out of Fozzie Whitaker last week, I still worry about them going forward about, you know, running running the ball, especially against this Minnesota defense, which I, I can't go an episode without raving about Minnesota's defense. I'm just... I'm all in, chips in for Minnesota's defense, and I'm raving it. But I, I just, I don't know if Sam Bradford can get it done against this Carolina. It was, it was amazing to watch them play against the Green Bay defense, who have been good. Like Green Bay's defense has been, you know, a shining light for them. They've kept things interesting, kept things close. I mean, Minnesota only scored seventeen points, and you know, to 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 only allow you know seventeen points and still lose for Green Bay, that's that's very rare considering you know what you expect from Aaron Rodgers so uh, uh, is this, a, this is a really tough game for me I'm not I'm not betting on this game at all um, from a pure watch standpoint I think it's probably the best game of the week you know close with that Denver Cincinnati game we just talked about it's an interesting it's a you know, it could have should have been the one of the playoff games deep in the playoffs last year should have been the uh the, the divisional game, obviously, Minnesota missing that field goal. I, I'm taking Carolina minus seven. I think they'll cover, despite my love for Minnesota's defense. I
0: believe in, Sam.
1: All right, moving on. We've got an NFC East matchup. Washington, plus four and a half, traveling to MetLife Stadium to face the Giants, minus four and ninety one each way. Thoughts on this game, Mr. NFC East?
0: Um, To be honest, this is kind of... It's just a flip of a coin for me. I know it's uh, the line is four and a half, but... I think I'm only going with the Giants because I'm yet to see Kirk Cousins do anything consistently or, you know, not overthrow receivers, not underthrow receivers, just not make stupid plays where I think Eli will make less stupid plays. So, that, to be honest, there's not much that's um, making me jump to either team, but it's more until I see consistency or something better from Kirk Cousins, I'm always going to go down the other
1: side. Yeah, this this smells like a trap game to me. Like, I, I'm tipping the Giants minus four and a half, but I'm not going to be betting or investing on this game because I'm really worried about that line. And it wouldn't shock you me if see, Washington...
0: You could see, just... see Washington winning by two touchdowns plus. Like, they could just come out and just finally click into gear and all those passes that were overthrown last week. That would have been touchdowns. There was some passes last week, that would have just been six points, but, you know, just bad throws, bad reads, etc. just completely made Washington come under.
1: Exactly, and we mentioned that Kirk Cousins is a very streaky quarterback, so if he gets, you know, if he hits early and and builds up that confidence, he's a guy that can, you know, can really build that up and be confident and get them rolling on all cylinders, and when you look at the Giants as well, the defences they face, Dallas in week one with all their suspensions and whatnot. Did
0: Did you just say rolling on all cylinders?
1: Yeah. Firing with that? firing on all cylinders I'm swear rolling on all cylinders is a uh, just rolling them. is a, is a saying we'll uh, we'll put it to the poll and we'll see what see what people come back with but the the giants obviously they faced Dallas without barely any pass rush with Demarcus Lawrence and and Randy Gregory suspended and then last week the Saints defense although barren of talent actually you know played quite well but this is a, a pass rush they finally get to face a, a legit pass rusher in Ryan Kerrigan. And uh, Preston Smith, so I'm interested to see how they hold up. But I do like this Giants defense. I think they're legit and they can keep it. i just do not sure if they'll cover that line. But I'm I'm not confident at all.
0: Yeah, nor am I. This is a stay away game for me, but it's it'll be a good game to see where these two teams stand. If Washington loses again, mm. they'll be in they'll be in crisis mode. But if what if the Giants lose, then there'll be huge question marks. Are they actually a contender, or are they just you know? Hmm. Just fakes. Makes,
1: poses. It makes the division race a lot more interesting if uh if Washington win this game and the Giants uh lose it obviously. It it, it just will uh be a very very telling moving forward on how we judge and rate these typical, two teams. Typical NFC, this
0: yep. game, it will be Washington to win convincingly.
1: <laughs> Probably. All right, uh Los Angeles plus five and a half a dollar ninety one against Tampa Bay, minus five and a half at a dollar ninety one. 91. Two very inconsistent Teams from week one to week two, uh, you sort of opposite routes. Tampa Bay winning convincingly in week one and losing in horrific fashion in week two, and Los Angeles getting absolutely thumped in week one and then managing a uh, to win their Super Bowl last week and and beating Seattle in an ugly affair. L- Los Angeles still haven't scored a touchdown since nineteen ninety
0: four. Nice,
1: thank you. Um,
0: I'm I'm going with Tampa. Only for the fact that I think I do think Fisher will have the defense fired up again, but I think you know they're going they're going back away. They're going to Tampa. I think this is a. I mean, it it showed what happened last week when Tampa came up against a good defense. They did struggle, but I don't know something. I, I think it's just going. This will be the game where they try to say, all right, let's just. Gather ourselves, you know. Wins. They've got they've got the weapons around them. I know Doug Martin's hurt, but Charles Sims will be fine, and I think mm-hmm. I think they'll just they'll be they'll be enough of a force to get over L. A. this week. I mean, they still have Case Keenum as quarterback. So exactly.
1: And you mentioned like they struggled last week, Tampa Bay against a good defense. And it's one thing to struggle, but it's it's a lot different when you're playing a Cardinals offense that can put up the score and, and hammer you. So, like, even though Tampa Bay may struggle, when you look at the other side of the ball, you can't really see this Los Angeles team, which hasn't scored a touchdown, pulling away in this game and putting it out of reach. So, even if Tampa Bay struggle offensively for a little bit, the game will still be within within reach um, and still be level at, at some point. It could be, could be nil or for a little while in this game. And, and then Tampa Bay, obviously, you trust... Winston and Mike Evans to slowly start to get the ball rolling and, and make some plays and move the chains, and, and I trust their offense. When you look at this team, that offense is the best unit of anything on in this game. Um, no offense to Aaron Donald and that defensive front, but I just think that Winston to Evans connection is uh, is elite. Evans is in for a huge, huge season. He's been great for the first two weeks. Um, I think Tampa Bay will cover it, and I'm taking a minus 5.5. Good start. All right, uh, San Francisco plus nine and a half. Traveling to Seattle, Seattle minus nine and a half. Dollar ninety one. We just said Los Angeles haven't s- scored a touchdown. Well, Seattle have only scored one through two weeks. Have struggled offensively. Their offensive line is in tatters. It's uh, it's quite a big line for Seattle, but it's it's tough because that line is massive, and you you kind of want to You you're really tempted to take San Fran plus nine and a half, but it's like it wouldn't surprise you. If Seattle just Flick the switch, and, and you see what you know that Seattle offense and Russell Wilson from the latter half of last year, and they just are absolutely just bombarding it with this air raid and, and ground game with Christian Michael and, and just putting up you know a load of points. You know,
0: to begin the year when we're doing our bowl predictions, and I said San Francisco, whatever, top 10 offense, yep, they're currently 10 in wow. points scored. <laughs> So there you go. I'm keeping tabs on all my predictions. Not really. It's a bold strategy, Kyle. San Francisco have been surprising. They've been good. Their defensive front is probably their biggest strength, and they're going up against Seattle, and that's their biggest weakness. So I think there is an opportunity to exploit that matchup. And we still don't know how mobile uh, Russell Wilson is, and he's kind of he's got the he's got the the high ankle sprain. Correct. That correct. So, correct. Yeah, that that's the kind of injury that lingers and even though it is uh you know, it it's not a broken leg or something, this is the one that lingers and you know, athletes will say how much higher ankle sprains affect them and whether or not he's gonna be able to escape the pocket and make the throws that he needs to. You know, that'll be the telling difference. Like you said, they've only scored one um uh one touchdown going like so far but San Francisco have already gone up against two terrific defenses already they've gone up against the Rams and the panthers and they've you know they've put up points so i, I nine and a half is ridiculous
1: yeah I'm, I'm taking them plus nine and a half i um I'm, i've been really impressed with chip Kelly today he um he he's oh, normally it's just he's normally a bit of a bore on the coach's podium with like really bad coach talk and just arrogant coach talk as well but he, um, he took on a reporter today about that whole Kaepernick saga and, and backed him, and then there was another statement from a reporter about him, you know, saying, what what's your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick? And I just thought he he and this whole San Fran organisation have been handling it really, really well, and I think there's, like, positive vibes f- flowing from all of that through the organisation, and, and it's showing on the field. I think the team, despite all this stuff that people perceive as some sort of locker room drama, they look sort of unified and, and happy, and I don't think... Colin Kaepernick is being a distraction at all and I don't think that, you know, he's still focused on on the field if he ever has to step on, but I think playing Gabbard has been not awful and, you know, that you mentioned that defensive front and you know, Vance McDonald, my boy, two touchdowns from two receptions already as well, just killing it. I don't know, I just, I feel a little bit better about this San Fran team. I I know we have low expectations, so maybe they're exceeding our really really low expectations, but I can see them keeping this closer a little bit. I'll, I'll take him plus nine and a half. I, um, even if we lose on it, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, um i have being pleased with San Fran this week.
0: I wouldn't mind Kaepernick cutting his hair, though. I don't know how, if he gets called into a game, he's going to fit a helmet on. <laughs> that,
1: that would be comical. Jim trying, him trying to put it back on. I think he braids it on game day now, though. That is correct. New York Jets plus three. Traveled to Arrowhead Stadium, Kansas City minus three. So you can get minus three at Kansas City at two dollars, plus three at dollar for the Jets. This is another close game that really interesting to, to scope. Kansas City's a tough team to read based on their play this. Like they, they really should be 0-2, to be honest. Like they, they were lucky to get a win against San Diego. They only really played good for one quarter, and that was after sort of San Diego imploded after that Keenan Allen drama and and whatnot. And then last week you know they put up a stinker, with plenty of turnovers themselves, and against Houston, and we just saw Houston get embarrassed against a real contender. And the Jets last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick. When I went back and watched that tape, we weren't we weren't praising him enough. That was an amazing performance by him. It was probably his best ever game as a quarterback. Um, and we said it, this, pardon, we said this. I I know, but I just I, I feel like we weren't praising that enough. I don't know. I, I want to. We actually... compared him
0: to Joe Namath.
1: <laughs> it's true. Um, I don't know. I, I I like the Jets here at plus three, and it's a tough tough opening schedule. But if they can come away with two wins out of this, um, they can go on with this, um, especially with that front that front four: Sheldon Richardson, Leonard Williams, and Muhammad Wilkerson. Oh boy, loving it. I like the Jets plus three.
0: Yeah, this is stupid to me. This whole thing is stupid. Kansas City have played two bad games. Jets have played two great games, and yeah, I just. I, I don't know where they're. I don't know where all the love for the Chiefs is coming from.
1: I, I, I don't. Know, I know they're DVOA like superstars, and they're very efficient, and they're great on defense and great on offense, and all that sort of stuff. But I, I don't know. We're probably saying all this, and they'll probably come out and play their best ever game now that we've said all this. It's uh, still questionable. I'm not. I'm not sure he's going to play. By the way, Spencer Ware has more receiving yards than like Julio Jones and like Odell Beckham and like like all these other stud receivers. It's <laughs> it's nuts.
0: Well that's the typical game plan for yes. Kansas City so that's expected. I do think it'll be a sneakily high scoring game though. I do like the over.
1: Mm, I think yeah, I think there'll be plenty of points. I think you know for both these teams the offenses can can put plenty of points up. Marcus Peters obviously we've got to we've got to mention him. He's been unreal and he's bad. He's, oh, a, yeah. he's a bad man.
0: <laughs> he's a yeah, no, he's following up last
1: season pretty well. Yeah, he's uh, already through 10 career interceptions. It's, um, he's doing it at an, at an unbelievable rate. He's well on his way for my bowl prediction coming true as well, and he needs, uh, I think, like six more interceptions over the next uh, 12 games. So we'll wait and see how that pans out. Uh, all right, moving on. San Diego, plus two and a half at Indianapolis, minus two and a half. No idea why Indianapolis, a favorite whatsoever. I'm not keen on them at all um, I'm taking the team of the pod, I think uh, this matchup's didn't horrible
0: you just say when India, Didn't you just say when Indianapolis wins this week yeah, against San Diego? That,
1: that was me being blindly optimistic, mate In uh, Once we hit the lines, I'm straight into you know, you know, my wallet speaking here and what I think's going to win
0: Well, the public love seems to be, you know, fluctuating a little bit, so I don't think anyone knows how it's going to go, but the, uh, yeah until until Indianapolis shows anything on defense, I'm gonna have to go with San Diego. I yeah. think Philip Rivers is just getting things done with no names, and uh, yeah, I have faith in Philip Rivers a lot. I
1: swear he completed. Of... I swear he completed a pass to one of his children last week, in the game.
0: Yeah, I reckon there's. I reckon somewhere there's like all his kids will end up being drafted, and they'll have their own offense or defense. That's the dream. I think he was just wanting to
1: create his own Rivers football family. Oh, imagine Ron Rivera coaching! You could call it the Rivers boat offense. Oh my, the dream! That would be an absolute fever dream. But I, I just this matchup's horrible for the Colts. It, it, you've got Melvin Gordon tearing it up on in the run game, and the Chargers offensive line creating massive holes for Gordon to run through, and, and it's just and the Colts can't tackle on defense, can't make stops on on the ground, and then. When you look at it the other way, obviously, Dante Moncrief out for four to six weeks. He was their their big body down the field and a, an obvious red zone target. And Jason Verrett is playing sensationally. He's a lockdown corner. Um, he's up there. He's in the debate as like one of the, the best corners. No, He's the best cornerback no one is talking about in the NFL. And he can just lock down, he, lock down on T.Y. Hilton. He's been the, he's been the best player.
0: This is bold, but he's been the best player of any player. He's been better than Von Miller at what he's been doing. He,
1: yeah, exactly. He's just been killing. That's a um, that's a huge uh, huge statement. Woot! It's a bold
0: strategy, Cotton. I love corner, cornerback love but Verret's been incredible. And we weren't exactly talking about him going into the season. We're talking about the secondary as a whole, but he's just been yeah and dominating.
1: He's, he's the prime reason we were talking about their secondary as a whole because having those other, you know. Players beside him allowed him to do what his job is, and that's locking down number one receivers. And he can follow Ty Hilton around the whole way, and it allows you know Denzel Perryman to adequ- adequately you know man the run game and sort of cover Dwayne Allen and Jack Doyle in the middle. And I just, I, I don't like the matchup at all. I know we're at home, but yeah, Colts zero three is um is a real possibility. And I mentioned Gus Bradley possibly being zero three as well. We could get a uh, Colts uh, Jags game in London, and the loser of that game fires the coach. That'd be all right. What do you reckon?
0: Would be, I mean, I know no, you're you're probably hoping for it. <laughs> yeah,
1: kind of. It's like a win-win situation for me. Who would you go get? Oh, I don't know. Jim Harbaugh. That would be amazing. Oh my god, I would die. I would honestly yeah, would. die. I You'd would actually die. die. I That'd
0: would. be
1: the Woot Show. <laughs> the Woot Show. All um, right. Moving on.
0: All right. Next game is
1: Pittsburgh minus three and a half at a dollar ninety five. Traveling to your Philadelphia Eagles plus three and a half at a dollar eighty seven. Carson Wentz facing a real team in week three.
0: It'll be interesting. there's so many so many questions will be answered. If somehow Philadelphia managed to win against the offense, that Pittsburgh has at their disposable, which is just ridiculous, especially considering they don't have Martavius and Bell. I just still find it incredible that they're performing this well. But amazing. Yeah, somehow Philadelphia managed to win. Then you know everything's legit, and we'll just got to ride the season out and see how it goes. But um, yeah, I think this will be a huge task, just an enormous task for this defense. It'll be, it'll be. A real, uh, like I said, it'll answer plenty of questions about this defense if they are legit because they've gone up against two offenses that, you know, Cleveland we just rode off and Chicago has their day. If they, you know, if they get a ball rolling, they can, um, you know, get, a, get the ball rolling, literally. But I don't know. I don't know. This is an offense that'll have... Many a test for this Eagles defense, and I, I still just I don't think they're ready for it. I don't I, think they're
1: ready. For it. Yeah, me too. I keep looking at the vine of Alshon Jeffrey just torching Jalen Mills, and I can just see Antonio Brown doing the same to pretty much any of Philly's corners, and that was that's pretty much the the deal breaker for me. I, I just think Pittsburgh have too much uh, fire offensively for for. Uh, Philadelphia to keep up, and I'm I'm taking Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Yeah, I I do think
0: Philly will have success against the Beach but um yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. I I think if they some if they put a corner on Antonio Brown and then they have say Malcolm Gem- Jenkins trying to, I don't know, maybe rough him up a little bit, or they uh yeah they try to shadow him with two players or something like that. That might be their best their best um option, but we'll see how they go.
1: Yep. Who who are you taking?
0: Pittsburgh still minus three and a half. All right. The money is on Philly there at the moment.
1: Mm, interesting. Uh, all right. Moving on to Sunday night football. We've got Chicago plus seven, traveling to Dallas minus seven. Dollar eighty seven for Dallas. Dollar ninety five for Chicago on William Hill. I like Dallas minus seven here. Brian Hoyer the, the start at quarterback. Chicago missing an, an arm and a leg, and it seems everyone's banged up. They're just missing. So much talent on that deep or not talent, I wouldn't call you know, their defense talented. They are missing some talented players in Denny Trevation. That's a bit harsh, but some other players they're missing, you know, not too crash hot anyway. I'm, I'm just, I, can, I can't see them keeping this game close at all. I think Dallas can uh, literally run away with it through Zeke Elliott.
0: I'm the polar opposite. I think there's too much, too much uh, negativity surrounding Chicago. I just think there's. Is it such a bad thing losing Cutler for Hoyer? I think there's, I think people, I think that's where the the line is at. I think they're thinking of starting quarterbacks down, and I think people see that line and think juicy, juicy, let's go Cowboys. But I, I don't know. I like Chicago plus seven. I really do.
1: Mm, I just can't see it. Woot! I, I get you. The um, the old like all the negativity arrows pointing down Chicago. Sort of turn it around. Switch the narrative. John Fox maybe lives up for that game, but I just, I, I don't know. I just can't see it. I just can't see it happening on the road. Short turnaround sort of thing. Traveling across the country. I just, yeah, I can't pick Chicago right now. I, I don't, I think the the difference between Hoyer and Cutler is, is a lot. I'm not, you're, you're throwing Cutler into that Osweiler level, which I think is a bit harsh. Nah.
0: I'm <laughs> good. I like it. I like my bet. All right. Bears of have... cut. Bears have covered six of their last eight road games. I reckon they'll
1: be fine. Oh, interesting! All right, a little bit of uh, gambling statistics from you. I I like it. Uh, All right, uh, Monday night football. These these games are always a doozy. Atlanta plus three dollar eighty-seven. New Orleans minus three dollar ninety-five. We're at the Superdome. Oh man, this is this is a a tough game. I. It's funny because preseason you were you know four... Very uh, pro Saints and I was pro Falcons, but I'm looking at our tips here and I've gone New Orleans minus three and you've gone Atlanta plus three. Yeah, give me give me
0: the quarterback that's playing terrifically that no one's talking about. Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matty Ice is killing it.
1: Warms my heart to hear you say that. I am. Uh, he's playing really really well, but I feel like Drew Brees is playing well as well. I just feel like that because of their defenses, it's been a lot a bit overlooked, and that's the same with Matt Ryan. I just I don't know. I think. New Orleans are due for a win after some, some tough losses and some heartbreaking losses. And oh, Atlanta needed that win last week, and it was a huge effort for them to, to come back and, and win that game. So I, I just think in this time, I think New Orleans at home, they need it more. Big stage, Drew Brees. But this, this game is a is a non-bet for me. I do like the overs, though. I think this will be a high-scoring affair. Matt Ryan v. Drew Brees is normally a shootout, and it's, uh, it is good to watch.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, then again, we thought... We thought last week was going to be huge as well, but the uh, Saints' defense held up a little bit against New York. So
1: yeah, and then they lose they lose PJ Williams. Uh, another they lose another cornerback. Um, man, they, they've had some some bad luck. It, it's rivaling the Colts' luck in terms of defense, uh, injuries on defense. Yep, but
0: uh, yeah, I still I still like Atlanta. I mean, if the line was a half a point more, I'd probably go New Orleans. But it's a field goal.
1: That is true. Uh, it, it, it will likely come down to a field goal. So Ooh, you, might, you might tempt me to change my uh, change my bet. That's one I'll probably watch if the line moves uh, over the weekend. I'll probably make a change on a Sunday night. So we'll keep an eye out for any tweets if we do change any of our tips. They better tickety-check themselves before they wreck themselves, Cotton. The Wooten Y Lock of the Week. Proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting.
0: I came in with the... Uh with the, a different option in mind, but after going through the tips, I do like Arizona minus four against Buffalo.
1: God, that was going to be my uh, lock of the week, so... <laughs> <laughs> I will have to uh, reassess, but Can I... We double down? No, we double down? No, we can't. We'll, we'll mix it up. I feel like uh, the good folk at William Hill want two, bet, two bets from us, although they probably do not want any more bets from me uh, going 0-2 so far on my locks of the week, but uh, I'm looking across... Across the slate right now, and it's uh, what's jumping out at me is Pittsburgh minus three and a half. I think uh, that's a game that I think uh, I think Philly will keep it interesting for a little while, but I just think Pittsburgh's offense is just firing on all cylinders. They know how to score points, and I think uh, I think they'll walk away with a with a you know a touchdown win, maybe a you know thirty one to twenty four affair or something like that. I think uh, I think they'll cover the spread. All right, that wraps up the show. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jynfl. You
0: can follow me at wood etc.
1: You can follow the show at Wooten Wire. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Wooshka. Uh, we're also on Radio Hub. And please follow us on uh, Facebook, The Wooten Wire Show. And that's it. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye.